someone once told me time is a flat circle. If everything we've ever done or will do, we're gonna do over and over and over again. Hello, I'm Kelly. And I'm Michael. We are brother and sister, self-proclaimed armchair detectives, and your host for the Flat Circle Podcast. In this week's episode, we will discuss the mysterious and heartbreaking death of Catherine Corzilius. Catherine Corzilius was only six years old when she died. She was the daughter of Nancy and Paul Corzilius, who, at the time, her father Paul was tour manager for a New Jersey-born rock band, Bon Jovi. Catherine liked to draw with her crayons. She drew homes for the bugs that she found in her backyard garden. She was active and happy. She took ballet. She loved to swim. And she was just learning to play soccer. She had a big brother named Chris. On August 7th of 1996, Nancy Corzelius had the day planned for running errands. She took her children, Chris, nine, and Catherine, six, out with her. First, they stopped at the math tutor's place, then stopped at Subway for lunch. On the way home, Nancy stopped at the store to buy new golf clubs for her husband, Paul. They were a surprise gift for his upcoming birthday. Finally, she stopped at a cluster of post boxes at the top of the road near their house on Elder Circle in Austin, Texas. Catherine was getting fidgety. Remember, she's only six years old, and six-year-old children typically have short attention spans. I imagine that day of errands took a lot out of Catherine. She needed something to do with all of that built-up energy. So she asked her mom if she could walk the way back home from the cluster of mailboxes. And their house wasn't that far, maybe three or four houses away. So Nancy agreed and said that yes, she could walk home from the mailboxes. After Nancy got home and unloaded the vehicle and went about her day, it was 10 minutes that went by after Nancy and son Chris had originally dropped Catherine off. So 10 minutes in, Catherine should have been home by now. Nancy started to get worried. So she and Chris went searching for Catherine. When they got to the top of the road, they discovered her body six houses down from their own. She was lying face down on the asphalt, unconscious. So at this point, Nancy reacted quickly. And she took Catherine in her arms and she ran to her car with Chris in tow. And they drove 25 minutes to the Seton Medical Center where Catherine received emergency care for her injury. And the main injury was a fracture to her skull. Unfortunately, she succumbed to this injury and she died seven hours later. The autopsy originally ruled Catherine's injuries as a hit and run that resulted in a fatal skull fracture. This is because no other internal injury or broken bones were detected. Seems pretty cut and dry, right? Well, here's where the mystery comes in. The medical examiner also stated that Catherine had small cuts and bruises on her elbows, knees, and hands that indicated she had fallen out of a car. Wait, what do you mean fallen out of a car? Whose car? What car. Well, that's just it. No one really knows. Local law enforcement brought their canine unit where Catherine Corzelius's scent 
was picked up exactly 30 yards from the cluster of mailboxes. Now, Nancy believes that Catherine was not killed by a hit and run, but she thinks someone abducted Catherine, murdered her, and then laid her out for Nancy to find. Now, I would have thought that the original conclusion of hit and run would have stuck, but it seems that the cuts and the scrapes and bruises led investigators to believe otherwise. So that means that this case is essentially still unsolved. And in fact, a year after Catherine's death in 1997, Bob Jovi released a song titled August 7, 415, and it is about the mystery that surrounds Catherine's death. Actually, that song, the Bon Jovi, the reason why Bon Jovi even knows Catherine is because her father, Paul Corzelius, is actually was at the time his tour manager. I mean, that's pretty cool. I I love that Bon Jovi was kind enough to, I mean, his tour manager must have meant a lot to him for him to release that song. There are some theories, actually. Have you heard about the theories that are surrounding this case? The one that I actually think is very credible that could have happened was actually and this this case was actually played on unsolved Mysteries. so this is kind of how we first come across this case because it was like during the first couple seasons where this this specific case came out anyways one of the theories that i think is very credible is they think catherine was on the back of the car was like fucking around so like when she was let out to go yeah. get the mail and do all that, that she actually, and this is something like we would do, me and remember our brother, me, Matt and Mark, my brothers, your brothers. Yeah, they would have totally done do that. Back in the day where they would jump on the vehicle and hold on to it as they're driving. So some, a lot of people think that she was, she was actually on the back of the van and she was just like fucking around. And then as the, th- as the van went around that, the roundabout, they think that it, the van, she got whipped from the van and that's how she had the scrapes and everything else. Oh, that yeah. would make sense. And yeah. so Nancy wouldn't have known right away. Is that the theory that she parked the van in the garage and when the house unloaded the groceries 10 minutes later came back out and do you know offhand if they walked the neighborhood that time or did they take the van what was weird because i remember the the unsolved mysteries episode very well so basically they nancy said that she dropped Catherine off and then went in the cul-de-sac now it's a long driveway it's kind of like a little road that gets to where she needs to be going and then you come down you know so when they didn't see her for 10 minutes, they said she went in the, uh, so she came out, right? And then the body was on the right, but she didn't see the body right away. Okay. She went around, she went left and walked around to answer your question. Yeah, she walked and she was calling her name and everything. It's only when she came back to the roundabout, that's when she her first seen Catherine lying on the ground. Oh. So, and, and the reason why I think she was on the back of the van. So basically in the roundabout, as she's going, the way it would have whipped her kind of would have made sense. But the way, but when her mom, Nancy found her, it was like, she was laying peacefully. So I don't know if the mom did that, or I don't know if that's just the way she just laid. But I remember in also misters when they were kind of laying out, the map towards it, it all kind of like kind of made sense. But then you see the mother, Nancy's interviews. I mean, she's bawling. Um, She wants to know who did this. So I think that, People said, well, either she's lying or she literally doesn't know what happened to her daughter. But to this day, she still thinks that family thinks that somebody did something to her. And that's why she was found the way she was found. The other thing I thought about, too, when you were talking about the 
the fact that Catherine may have been killed by her mother, Nancy, is what if she was hanging on the back of the car Mm -hmm. and Nancy like turned the car around the roundabout, as you said, and then Catherine ended up throwing Catherine's body and she had just landed on her face. But then I wonder where the contusion, where the skull fracture would have been on the back of her head. Because one of the things that I thought was interesting is that Nancy had said the way that the body was laying down, like the dress was completely smooth, the shoulders were strained, and there was like a skull fracture in the back. But her, like I said, the hair was flattened down. So there was a lot of blood there and it was kind of matting the hair. But I guess presentation wise it was almost like she was just sleeping yeah and remember we're taking like you said we're 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 taking what nancy said of what she looked like but also keep in mind it was an extremely hot day it was like nearing 100 that day in august and some of those injuries like they said that she had scuffs on her legs or her legs are red and she had like obviously there were signs of bruising and stuff what if that that maybe that's what happened like she fell off the van but a lot of that could have been enhanced by her laying on the hot asphalt to make it look so bad because she said because when this theory came up the mom was like no i i would have noticed her on the back of the van what have you the kind of injuries she sustained were not the kind that would happen to a seven-year-old who just or how old was she yeah she was six years old so yeah no i agree just fell off one we don't know how fast nancy was going in two like i said the asphalt was extremely hot so like if i cut myself right and then i laid it on like hot cement i mean obviously it's gonna look i mean it's gonna look bad well and when you're hit by a car because i have been hit by a a truck before and when you're hit by a car i mean that impact so let's say that it was a hit and run that impact is going to get hurt depending on how the car hit her it could have you know hit her in such a way where she cracked her head and then you know scraped her elbows and, and bruised her knees i mean that kind of impact on the asphalt like the autopsy the medical examiner said that would cause something like that yeah and and we that makes sense. And what I mean, what are your thoughts on it possibly being a hit and run? What oh, think I think it that? totally could have been a hit and run from someone in the neighborhood. You know, I think that's definitely I, what I don't think. And what I think is really far fetched is the fact that someone abducted her. I mean, I'm not saying that it's impossible, but there would have had to have been some strong motivation to see this family suffer if for someone to take this child, abduct them for 10 minutes, and then within that 10 minutes, crack their skull, lay them out. I mean, that's a lot of work for 10 minutes of missing, and then they find her. Right, and her her clothes were all normal. It wasn't like, she wasn't overly disheveled. There was no, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, They were still on, and you're right. It's such a, it would be such a short amount of time to do that kind of crime, And and it was in the middle of the day, mind you, so why would somebody do that? I mean, crazier shit has happened, but why would somebody do that and then just leave the body when they would probably want to do what they wanted to do with the bot, with the person? Yeah, it just makes no sense. So why didn't they drag her away? You know what I mean? You know, the other thing I thought of was what if somebody was playing baseball? Like, is it possible that somebody could have been playing baseball or something could have like flown through the air and just like knocked into her skull and then Mm. dropped her? I mean, again, that impact to the the pavement, I believe, would have caused scrapes and bruise, bruises. So that doesn't surprise me. Maybe the I think maybe the medical examiner's first inkling of what happened 
would be hit and run. That just seems to be make the most sense. Yeah, and and also the baseball theory is not outside of the norm because it was a it was kind of a sleepy neighborhood and Obviously, there was children in that neighborhood. It was it was an upscale neighborhood, too. I don't know how f- close these houses are to this little roundabout. Um, but I know I just remember in Unsolved Mysteries, it was a heavily kind of wooded area when there wasn't houses around, you know, so like it was it looked like it, there was parts still in development, kind of like where you kind of go by your place before it all got developed. Oh, or it okay. was just kind of like that. You guys had a lot of space, but picture trees in that area. So it was very wooded. And then they get to their part of the neighborhood, which is basically houses around. But I don't know if any of those yards were close enough, if they were close or if they weren't close. So, I mean, say a kid hit a baseball and and it hit her in the head and you know what I mean? And she fell or maybe the the kids beat her up or I mean, were there kids? Do they have mopeds? Because I know here. When we had our house oh, yeah. built, there we had a lot of kids and, and adults, too, that liked yeah. to use this area here before all of the houses went in. They liked to use it for bike trails and stuff. And so when we first moved into the house, we used to have mopeds. Actually, we still kind of do have mopeds that just go through. Not like our backyard, because our backyard's all fenced in, but like we have mopeds that go through like the spaces in between the houses that, you know where their backyard isn't fenced in and then there is like a drainage area. So technically they can't build houses directly behind our house, which is awesome. And so, yeah, we still get mopeds and we still get other, you know, uh, four wheelers, I think, and stuff around these construction areas Mm -hmm. because we still have other phases being built. So I'm just saying, what if one of those kids came on a, on a moped and maybe they had a ball bat in their hand and they were, yeah, just being an asshole and was like clunk and then, bump. you know, I would be interested to, to find out like if the cops like were looking for specific vehicles or like what kind of questions the investigators asked in this. Because I'd definitely be interested to see like, hey, what kind of cars did you hear go down this road, you know, from nearby neighbors at this time? Yeah, that's interesting. I also when we hear about this case, we don't really hear much about the the neighbors. It's always no. Oh, it's a it's a hit and run or attempted abduction or what have you. So it's very likely somebody in the neighborhood, a a kid, maybe a guy on a motorcycle or a moped, like you said, maybe it could have happened. I mean, there's there is always that. I did find that she Catherine's left thumb was broken. Oh, that's interesting. And in a splint. And I don't know um, when this happened, like previously, like so she actually had a broken thumb in a splint, like before this, before what happened, happened. Mind you. If we're saying that it, how hot it was, it was almost like 100 degrees. Yeah. Wouldn't the van or the suburban that she the, the vehicle that she would have supposedly clung on the back be extremely hot for her to touch? Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Oh, in that kind of heat. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is why I don't really I don't I know that Nancy, the, the theory that she did it is like the biggest theory. Yeah. But I'm really kind of on the side of where I think it might have been just a hit and run go- gone wrong. Like physics wise, you would have to almost like want to like line up a smallish sort of body that would be about the size of her and then you would want to try and hit it with a moving vehicle at different angles i know that sounds kind of morbid but i feel like if you could hit it if you could find the right angle which they hit and the body was impacted then you would for sure know without a doubt that it was a hit and run. And I think that that's what they're having a hard time determining is how the hell did she get that skull fracture in the back? The scrapes and bruises on the hands, the knees, the elbows, all of
of that makes sense to me. Like, I can totally say, like, yeah, that's probably a hit and run. But I would be curious, like, a six-year-old child, how tall do they stand? That vehicle would have to be a taller vehicle, almost like a truck, I would think. Well, it, it was a Suburban, so maybe she could reach it if it was the mom's. Um, you're talking about to get on the. You're talking about to get hit by the vehicle or to be on back of the vehicle. Just to get hit by the vehicle, but to oh, have the kind of impact. So it saying. was like if the mom found her face down, because I think that's what they said is that her face was like face down in the. No, asphalt. she had. She was actually like she was laying on her. She was laying. On oh, her back. she was laying on her back. She was laying oh, on her back, and her, that's why like there was there was. She said there was bruises on her elbows. It's like yeah, you're on hot. You're on hot asphalt. She was laying and see. I think your hit and run might actually make sense because. What if somebody hit her and then she like flew away, you know, and then the person was like grabbed the child, like picked her up and was like, oh, my God, because she was kind of laying like peacefully, they said. So yeah. the person was just like, that's something like a remorseful person would do. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. And she probably had the child, the person who maybe have hit her. And they're like, oh, my God, I, you know, maybe didn't feel a pulse or what have you. And then laid the body down on the asphalt. So yeah. and I think you said the skull fracture in the back of the head. Well, that's that kind of matches up with her hitting her head on the back of the yep. asphalt. as She's getting yep. hit by the by that the makes car. complete sense to me. That you makes know. complete sense. Ooh, and who's to say maybe she tripped? Maybe she tripped and she fell. You know, because yeah. kids trip and fall, especially six-year-old kids. It's not like they're mm. the most stable. Not all kids have a great sense of balance. I mean, fuck, I was like a bull moose in a china shop growing up. I still kind of am. It's sort of, so it's like maybe she, maybe she tripped. Maybe the car didn't see her. And then, you know, like you said, bam. It could hit have the been. asphalt and then the car was like oh shit and then immediately they're in this situation where now they're thinking about their own survival so they're just kind of remorsefully like whoops sorry and then they get in the car and drive off but yeah. i think it would have because of the way that the neighborhood is laid out i feel like it would have had to have been either one of the neighbors one of the nearby neighbors or like a mailman or it would have had to have been like maybe oh. somebody that was visiting the house that day like let's say it was a maintenance person a lawn person a painter true green like whoever you know what i'm saying to come and do maintenance on someone someone's home or vehicle you know that makes a lot i mean the more you talk about a hit and run the more i'm kind of going away from my original thought of her jumping on the back of the suburban and then falling off because there's so many ways that this could have happened to be a hit and run and then the time of place this took this took place at 4 15 in the afternoon. Or in the afternoon. People aren't back from work yet. Most people, right? Right. So obviously there was no witnesses. And the only people that would be in that neighborhood, aside from, you know, maybe the stay-at-home mom. Right, or dad right. Or whatever. Um, but if we're actually ruling out people who would actually be home, you're right. I mean, what if it's the lawn guy, the fucking mailman? I mean, it could have been. You don't know. You know? And, a, and a lot of times people are, especially in that situation, if they're not maternal at all, if they don't have a maternal bone in their body... <laughs> And they don't like, you know, and and they're all about covering their own ass. Then, yeah, that person would have been like, OK, I'm going to lay you out nice and then leave. But I just yeah. don't I don't buy the, the theory that her mom said that, oh, she was abducted. I mean, and even just that theory alone, like, come on, Nance, think this one through. Like, this is 10 minutes, 10 minutes for what? What kind of gratification is anyone going to get out of just abducting a child super quick? I don't know, somehow, you know, causing a skull fracture in the back of their head. It, like I said, there's just too much that you would have to do in that scenario. And 
10 minutes of time just isn't enough time. You're right. And just for a simple abduction. Now I could blow your mind with this, this abduction theory that maybe say the guy got her, right? We're just going to say it's always a guy, right? And it's usually some fucking white guy. (laughs) Say some guy got her and he, and he put her in the vehicle, right? Right. He was going around the roundabout. He, as he's stealing her, stealing her, she jumped out of the vehicle, hit her head and then died because the vehicle was moving away very fast. Obviously, it's not going to move really slow going away. She jumped out. The person kind of liked to go go bring her back into the car, realized he has a lifeless body, and just laid her back on the cement and fucking... Ah, that's definitely plausible. I could see that happening. I could totally see that happening. That's the only way I could see an abduction even being remotely possible in this case. Yeah, I you know, what a sad case though, because the, the other part of man. this, and I kind of feel like this poor family, right? Like obviously they've had a little bit of some blessings in their life since the dad, you know, got to be a tour manager for Bon Jovi and, and obviously Bon Jovi revered this guy enough to write a song about his daughter in memoriam to his daughter. Yeah. And that kind of makes her immortal in a cool way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think the thing that kind of is super sad. So Catherine's brother, Chris, obviously he's he's nine years old and he's experiencing this trauma of his sister passing away. And he decides to do what he wants to do with his life. And he became a senior deputy for the Travis County Sheriff's Office. No kidding. Yeah. Isn't that cool? But get this. okay? this poor family. He died in a car accident oh on March eighteenth, twenty twenty. So he what did not f- die that long ago at the age of thirty-two. So he was only thirty-two when he passed. Oh so God. that's just like that whole thing is tragic. And this that just poor happened. Family. When, when did you say this happened last year? Yeah, this happened last year, March eighteenth. Oh my God. So yep. This family, well, and I did read somewhere, I didn't know this, that you just told me, that just blows my mind, but I was going to say Paul and Catherine, I think years before, they got a divorce. Oh. Or Paul and, Paul and Nancy years before got a divorce. Yeah, you know, that kind of thing is 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 like almost par for the core. A lot of couples can't can't handle that, and I can totally understand why, because if they're not blaming the other one, then they're blaming themselves, and That's all of so... that guilt and that shame, that can, and the loss of a child, that can create a huge, huge crack in a relationship. I that just can't so even imagine. That is so sad, just losing two children like that. I know. Years apart, of course, you know, that's, it's almost kind of like, like kind of like the John Benet Ramsey case where, you know, John Benet's gone, the mom's dead now, and then all that's left is the dad and the son, you know I what know. I mean? It's just, oh, that's so horrific. There's a lady that I worked with some years ago, and her sister and her sister's husband, they were in a truck, Um, they were doing something, camping for the weekend, and they were going to the local convenience store just to get a few staples, you know, milk, cereal, bread, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, they turned just the wrong way. It wasn't like he was going too fast for conditions, but it was a loose gravel road and he turned just the wrong way. Truck turned sideways and he was gone. Uh, She had two children. So the boy was the oldest and then the daughter was the youngest. Well, after the dad died and that was just that was so hard for that family. That was so hard for them that the next like two years later, her son, Austin, was on a ski trip and then he too passed away on that trip. He got to a ski accident. So this kind of reminds Reminds me of, I mean, obviously those tragedies were pretty like close together, but this kind of reminded me of that where this family is like, I just can't imagine these poor parents. Like, how what the heck do you get, how do you get okay with losing a child? I just don't see 
Like, I already know for myself, if anything ever happened to my kids before me, I would be an absolute wreck. Like, it would yeah. it would wreck me. It would wreck me. My kids are my life. It would wreck me. Yeah, that's... I can't imagine what, what Paul and Nancy are going through. Mm-mm. I mean, that has to be pretty bad. Oh, that is so heart-wrenching. Though. Now, before we wrap up the case, I do want to say, when they did find her body, her um, when they did find Catherine's body, kind of going back to the Catherine case, her hair was... Her hair was smoothed down, her shirt was straight, and her shorts were straight, and her toes were pointed straight, and her sandals were kept on. So, and there was an empty lot next to the house or next to that mailbox. So that's where the family feels that's where the abduction must have happened because hmm. they're still carrying the torch of this happened to be an abduction, and she either fell out of that car or she jumped out of that car. Hmm. And I think that, I mean, that could have happened. That certainly could have happened. It And like you said, with those details of them laying the body out exactly perfect, I mean, what's the chances of you getting hit by a car and falling in this absolutely perfect way with your hair smoothed and your clothes yeah. smoothed? I mean, I'd probably be looking like a hot mess and lo- unless somebody stopped by and smooth my stuff out so yeah that definitely speaks loudly of remorse loudly so i think i believe the hit and run or well i don't i still don't think the abduction part just doesn't to me that's just so much of a hassle for 10 minutes of time i I think so too i mean 10 minutes man you gotta once you gotta cue in on the abduction then you gotta (laughs) but yeah right i I mean mean, it's just so much you gotta cue in on the abduction and then you gotta get to the you gotta take the child and then try to put it in your car and right. And we're assuming this was all random and like serendipity meant to be where all of these events just happened to fall into place. So you know what I mean? Where I mean, an unplanned abduction, they're going to take the kid, you know, if she was able to get out of the car. Okay. I can totally see that like that. When you said that, I was like, yeah. So in the middle of the day, too. Mm-hmm. like that's wild. So I think, right. yeah, I think this case, I think this episode kind of turned me to where I think a hit and run is more likely just because an abduction, she'd be fighting um, or you would think that she'd be squirming. So her sandals would be thrown off. Right. Um, it's hard to say, but a hit and run would make sense because of the, there's a remorse. There's nobody around. The person takes her, lays her on the cement, makes sure she's OK, has the sandals on her, puts the sandals back on her and then just fucking bolts it out of there. Well, and I would assume that a child would have some kind of defensive wounds on them as well. If someone was trying to grab them, I wouldn't expect them to just go limp and and allow that. I would expect some kind of resistance, you know. So I'm curious if she had any other, like, defensive wounds or wounds that they could maybe deem defensive, you know. Well, she, yeah, she did. They just said bruises. So. Yeah, they said she bruises. bruises but all I mean, over her body, which makes sense with like a hit and run. Yeah, you know, falling or jumping out of a car. Yep. Unfortunately, you know, August seventh of that year at four fifteen, we may, might never know what happened to Catherine. If you have any details about this case, please contact the Travis County Sheriff's Office at 512-854-9770. Reach out. We love hearing from you. You can hit us up on social media at Foot Circle Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, or send us an email to flatcirclepodcast1 at gmail.com. 
Thank you for listening. We are so grateful for this platform to talk about missing child, missing person cases, or something like this, where the death of Catherine Corzilius really hit her family in a in an incredibly hard and sad way. We aim to keep the names, the memories, and the situations alive for the parents and loved ones of the missing. Our aim is to keep the light shining on these cases, keep the light shining on the dark until they are all found or solved. Until next time, stay kind, stay curious, and always question the world around you. See you next week.